Were you looking for a better episode? Dream on. <sighs> and we're off. <laughs> I told you I had a, a fire pun ready. It just works. You know, like you just went right for it. Yeah. Okay. So context, you guys. One, this episode might be very short because Nick texted me. When did you watch this? Yesterday? Last night. Yeah. Last night. Okay, so I just finished watching the episode literally 10 minutes ago, and he texted me yesterday and said, fair warning, this episode is a snooze fest. And I was like, oh, okay, thinking he was maybe being dramatic. And then I watched it, and this episode is really bad. <laughs> it's so boring. I, th I think this is by far the most inconsequential episode we've had. I was oh, listening yeah. to, uh, what was it? I think I just finished Home. I was listening to it while I worked today, our two episodes ago. Oh. And we, we were commenting on how that one felt inconsequential. And I believe we've had a string of inconsequential episodes. No, lately, this is worse. So. This is worse because also there were very few performances and 95% of them were not entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So, and like just this episode isn't entertaining. It's not really funny. It's actually it's kind of a serious episode. Uh but like not in a good way serious not like the breakup from season four serious or like not breakups just like melodrama don't ruin it oh, yeah i don't know who I'm breaks not, up i'm not but... ruining it oh that's right you didn't watch that far yeah so it's just not great so prepare for maybe a short episode because i'm just gonna breeze through this uh since i'm doing plot today what it's just funny because i was pulling up the fandom page to get my trivia and this the plot summary was so long and i didn't even read it i'm like there's no way this much stuff happened in this episode yeah so for context there's like three plots going on here i don't really think there's a b or c i think they're all like b because <laughs> all three of them are just b for boring <laughs> and so the one plot is will and his old rival brian ryan's rivalry slash friendship slash rivalry and then the other one is jesse trying to help rachel find her mom out of nowhere for some reason yeah and then the other one is tina trying to get Artie to fulfill his dream of dancing and she does all this like research for him for therapies and uh, they're just all three of them are just like yeah i know so it's anyway. not great Let's get started. So we open immediately with the introduction of Brian Ryan, played by our guest star, Neil Patrick Harris, who's in Figgins' office. And Figgins announces to Will that Brian Ryan is now a member of the school board, uh, and he's evaluating which programs to cut. And he seems dead set on cutting Glee because he thinks it's a waste of time. And this is where we learn that Brian Ryan and Will Schuster used to be rivals back in Glee Club in the 80s. And we get a flashback. To them in Glee Club in the 80s. And you guys, there was no effort to make either of them look younger. I was thinking Zero the same effort. Thing. <laughs> they gave Will braces, but that's about it. They just put Neil Patrick Harris in a wig. That is not a high schooler. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think it was I, meant to be funny either. It was just lazy. It was super lazy. And also just real quick rewinding. 
in what world does one member of the school board have this much power? Thank you. I wrote that later on where I just was like, what is his title? Because he's walking <laughs> around the whole school basically threatening people left and right. I know. Like people can't be acting alone on a school board. So I don't know. I don't know what they were on with this episode, but he was definitely on a mission. Kind of like Will. Yep. Uh, also, when Brian Ryan was talking about his life story, basically, he had this one line where he said he was having like a bad moment. And apparently he woke up on a urine stained mattress in the West Lima crack district. <laughs> and I love that there's a West Lima crack district. <laughs> And then he said something about it was like vaguely he found, like he found Jesus. Yes, and Figgins puts his hand on his heart, like, oh <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> but Jesus was actually the name of his what, like therapist or something? Yes. Yeah, not literal Jesus. So anyway, that was kind of funny. But moving on to not funny stuff. So then Brian Ryan goes to the Glee room and talks to the Glee kids and he asks them to write all their dreams down on a piece of paper. And when they do, he grabs Artie's and crumples it up and throws it in the trash. He tells them that they're not going to see their dreams come true. Like 90% of them will never leave the county and Will gets mad <laughs> and uh, he tells them to leave. And Brian Ryan's like, hmm, well, you just made my decision easy. Blah. Yes. And if I may, I just we we got uh, a shot of three of the Glee Kids uh, biggest dreams. Yes. Rachel, of course, her dream is to be a huge star. Quinn wanted no stretch marks and Puck's dream was a threesome. <laughs> so all very fitting. <laughs> yes. And of course, Artie's dream was dancer. Thus begins yes. one of our plots. So Tina approaches Artie in the library, I believe, and she asked him what he wrote on his paper for his dream, and he lies about it. Mm -mm -mm. Um, Tina finds out because she straight up she's a nosy bitch. The note in the trash, <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Why are you lying to me? I know it's a dancer." And she proposes this idea that since Will didn't set an assignment for the week, which at first I thought was a saving grace, I was like, "Thank God we don't get a Will Schuster assignment." And on the nose assignment, but Tina did that work for him. And she said, we should dance together as an assignment for this week. You are hot and proud, Mary. I think you should dance. And he's like, okay. So there's that. And then Jesse gets back from spring break, AKA Jonathan Groff was free to film again. So he actually made an appearance <laughs> and he visits Rachel in the ballet room. And he tells her that he missed her and they make up, blah, blah, blah. I forgot they were fighting in the first place. I know, same. <laughs> and he out of nowhere because i guess he heard about brian ryan's like speech to them he asked her what her true dream is and rachel says that she wants to know more about her birth mother again this comes out of nowhere no like she never expressed this desire before but whatever um and jesse's really adamant he's like i'm not gonna stop until i help you make this dream come true and at first you're like what's up with that but then we get clarity on this later on do you have anything to say or to note? Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. I completely forgot a note. It's because I had like a 10 minute gap of, of, of notes where I didn't write anything because I was bored. But going back briefly to the scene where Brian Ryan's introducing himself, he also says mm -hmm. that he owns a Hummer dealership now and Will makes a face at him. And he says, don't make that face. Global warming's a theory, which is just so interesting <laughs> to me. 
given the era that the show came out that we weren't in climate change territory yet we were in the global warming <laughs> and i just thought that was interesting yeah but anyway back to present where we are which is tina and Artie practicing their little dance number in the glee room which is a tap number it looks god awful and <laughs> tina's doing a little tap dancing and she affixed Artie's wheels with like tap I things. did not understand the, the like physics behind those. So it was like, how are the wheels still spinning? I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he said my tap wheels suck because they do in fact suck already. I'm glad <laughs> that you called it out so I didn't have to be too mean about it. But it just looks really <laughs> sad. And speaking really sad in this scene, he's saying like he borrowed borrowed some kid with cerebral palsies, like extra stilts? like braces, yeah, braces, not stilts. I, I don't know if I said that. <laughs> with braces yes um and he's like hey i think i can use them to walk with my arm strength which doesn't make any sense because you can't move your legs but whatever yeah you're just gonna drag your legs across the floor which is what ends up happening and then he falls and somehow finds a way to blame tina about it Artie is so mean to tina can we just acknowledge he really that? is he is and i like oh sorry yeah now he's been mean to her in the past we've talked about it before and he yes. continues to be mean and I just think he's projecting his insecurities onto her. And she's just trying to help. Maybe overstepping a little bit. But yeah, but yeah. she wasn't the one that got the braces from the cerebral palsy kid yes. and like forced him to get up and walk. So that was a little, like, I get that he might have felt embarrassed, but it was just weird for him to so quickly blame her and tell her to leave. But then the other thing, yeah. too, is like, it's weird because I want to feel bad for Artie, but I just know that Kevin McHale has like all his faculties and abilities. He's able to walk. So like, yes. I just, I can't separate him from this character. And I just like, can't feel bad for Artie. Like they want us to, you know? I know. I wanted to get into that actually, because this episode more than all the others, since Artie has a spotlight, it does feel very weird, especially since this whole storyline is about him wanting to dance and him realizing that he probably never will. But as you said, Kevin McHale is able-bodied. And so when we get to the the dream sequence dance number in a minute, a safety dance, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, he can get up out of his chair and dance because Kevin McHale can do that. Exactly. And I don't know. I just wish that they cast someone to like like last week with the football player um that we yeah. talked about, uh Finn's friend. It's like they actually cast someone who was disabled and I don't understand why they couldn't do that for Artie and maybe the storyline would have felt more true but instead it makes him come across as even more bratty and whiny because he's not experiencing that I don't know yep I don't know yeah it felt weird to me <laughs> yeah and he specifically says to Tina you pushed me too hard and I just know she didn't like you she said that not. was his idea I don't know she even like went out of her way to put these weird little tap things on his wheels like i know i don't know well then it, it is then it, it takes another turn because i'm sure about to get to this but then like she does i think after this point is when she really starts to push him with all the like things she presents to him but up until this point i don't oh, yeah. think she's really pushing him you know no yeah, yeah yeah that's that's what i meant when i was referencing the overstepping because that's when she definitely gets a little like okay let's calm down it yeah. kind of comes across as like in order for her to like Artie, she mm -hmm. wants him to be able to walk. It kind of comes yeah. off as that. I don't know. But anyway, 
Uh, we got this other scene where Will and Brian Ryan are talking again, and Will asks Ryan if he wants to go get a beer so that he can convince Glee Club to be saved. But I wanted to point out this scene because for some reason, I don't know if you noticed this, but when Will said, I'd like to buy you a beer, his voice went down like two octaves because his direct next line after that was significantly higher. And I was just like, ew. Yeah, because I, I think his next line after that, he like kind of like corrected himself, didn't he? So I feel like he was trying to like put on a persona for Brian and then it's like, wait, no, I shouldn't be doing that. It, it was, was odd though. It was nasty. <laughs> so next we have a scene and I, whoever wrote this IMDb synopsis is so real for this because they said, Rachel tells Jesse about her improbable theory that Patty Lapone <laughs> is somehow her mother. So whoever was writing oh, this Rachel. was like, girl, that's doubtful, which it, which it is. Reach. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, you are absolutely bugging if you think Patty Lapone is your mother. I know. Uh, but if she was her mother, then she would have to wait until the season two finale to meet her because Patty Lapone does make a cameo appearance. Oh, stoked for that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Rachel is convinced that Patty Lapone is her mother. She's telling Jesse about it, and Jesse's like, mm, I don't know about that, babe. You should start investigating some more. Uh, and he says that she should check to see if her dad's kept any record of her mother, blah blah blah. So we're we're at the bar now where Will and Ryan are talking about high school. Ryan Ryan. You know what? His last name and his first name purposely sound similar. Give me a break. I know. Ryan admits to having a thing for Terry and Will is like, I married her, but I divorced her. Um, and then Ryan, fuck me, Brian has a little <laughs> has a little breakdown. He's like, my life is horrible now that I can't perform. My life sucks. You know, sometimes I just take trips to New York to watch Broadway shows and I don't tell my wife about it. And I put my playbills in a box like porn. Sounds like he's closeted. And he's like whining. And Will, of course, never met a problem he didn't want to fix in somebody. Yep. He starts playing Piano Man on the jukebox in the bar and forces him to sing. And they start singing. I don't know if we count this as a performance because they're just kind of singing along to the song as it's playing in the background. Yes, I'll give them that though. They both were singing live. So like, I guess, kudos. I don't know. I wrote in my notes, does Piano Man count as a performance when they're just singing along? If so, I didn't like it anyway. <laughs> if this helps, it was not released. It was an unreleased song for from this episode. See, so. then I don't think, I don't think that's a performance. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it gets a little homoerotic at the end because as I snapped you, they were standing real close to each other when they were talking mm -hmm. and then they even hug. And I was like, mm. I told you Brian's closeted. Still just going to put that theory out Are there. Are you maybe just thinking that because it's Neil Patrick Harris? Well, no, I literally just said it like two seconds ago because he was like hiding this affinity of his for show choir and show tunes and his wife I doesn't see. know about it. Maybe he's hiding it from his wife because he's afraid she'll think that he's gay. You never know. I you never know. know. Also, his wife's name is Wilma. This is Ohio, Wilma! I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so we get a scene with Tina and Artie, and they apologize. They make up, blah, 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 even though she had nothing to apologize for. He should have apologized. Um, yep. 
And she tells Artie that she's done some some of that research we were talking about into spinal cord injuries and how she's heard about. She whips out like a whole a ring lot. of paper yeah. <laughs> worth of research to present to this boy. Yeah, and so she's like, "Don't give up on your dream." And then they have a little kiss, and I'm like, mm, "I'm over this." <laughs> so we get a, another scene with jesse and rachel they're looking through the files and like the parent box or whatever and we see jesse take out a cassette from his shirt pocket and slip it in the box and it says mother to daughter or something like that mm-hmm. and he says oh look look what i found and he rushes up to play it and rachel's like no no i'm not ready this is my choice no 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 and he's like what the hell so we're like what's that about and then <laughs> we move on to I forgot to set this up earlier but when they were hugging at the end of the bar scene Will is like we should try out for the local Lima production of oh, yes. Les Mis together to get your mojo back or whatever mm-hmm. and so it turns out they both want to sing Dream On by Aerosmith but the person who's doing the auditions is like why don't you just sing it as a duet because I don't have time so we get a performance <laughs> of Dream On which is the name of the episode of course uh and it was a lot i have to be honest i fast forwarded through it you guys (laughs) no you didn't for a couple of reasons one it's like i already have it imprinted in my brain and it's not Mm. good and it's long and it's just i know this is part of the plot but it's just like two men two insecure men trying to outdo each other and it's kind of hard to watch i'm not even gonna lie and also will is wearing a nasty ass outfit he's he's wearing Loose fitting khakis, a white V neck t shirt with a vest on top. Yeah. Disgusting. It was gross. Yeah. And they're like hopping all over the, the I don't want to call it equipment, but yet like carpentry set. on yeah. the stage. Yeah. It was a lot. It, it, it is a lot. It's that, that, the ending where they're both like on oh their knees god that's and the like worst part to like thrusting towards the air again homoerotic but the face that will was making during that last note oh my god horrible <laughs> it was it was it's really awful so yeah i fast forwarded through that and then next we get tina and Artie at the mall Artie is excited because he's just bought tap shoes as quote an investment in the future which <laughs> You know, you know, I like the idea of that. I like the idea. I feel bad for laughing, but what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. And Tina's like, I'm gonna go get us some pretzels. So she walks away. And if just, you were watching before we get there. Yes. What? Before How is there not there? a mall on this elevator? Like, why why How can't is there not go a mall on this elevator? Sorry. How is there not an elevator in this mall? <laughs> Damn, that's a lot to cram into one elevator, honey. There's a book about this family that lived in an elevator. I used to be obsessed with it. Excuse me? Have you not heard of that? No. Wait. Quick Google. Book about family living Uh, A family living in an elevator? It was a kid's book. I was obsessed with it. It was called The the Elevator Family. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was not. Yes, it was. Hold on. No, I need to Google it. Is it like a storybook? (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little no, it's a chapter book. Family. A chapter book. Oh, wait. I think I've seen, I definitely saw this book at a book fair, but never picked it up. <laughs> oh, you missed out. I remember the cover. 
Yes. I like the, anyway. on the cover, there's a sign in the background that says home sweat home, not home I know. sweet home. <laughs> Interesting. You know, might have to pick that one up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but you have a point. Maybe there is an elevator and Tina just, I don't know, they, she just wanted to go get them pretzels. But if you were watching this episode for the first time, you would probably be very confused unless you were media literate, then maybe you would catch on. But Artie stops her. And he says, wait, I've been doing, I, I looked at your research into these therapies and I talked to my doctor and they're working and he stands up and he goes to this, to like a, I don't know, like it was a speaker store or something right near them. And mm -hmm. he, he's like, now I can dance. And he turns it on and you're like, I can imagine if you're watching it for the first time for a minute, you'd be like, what? Especially because he said he went to his doctor yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's already working. Yeah. So but then you quickly realize, hopefully, that it's a dream sequence. And so they have this whole, he performed this whole number, safety dance. Uh, I like the song safety dance, like the original song from the 80s. No. No. I, I don't know what your beef is with the song. I think if the original is fun, this version not is good. not super fun. Okay, whatever. Poll. I'm doing a poll. Do you like the song? Oh, my God. <laughs> But this performance is not good. And also you could totally tell that they staged it like this because this was during the whole flash mob craze in like I was, 2010. I looked at my notes. Flash mobs were so early 2000s. And I can't believe, like, I'm, it's embarrassing as a society when you go back and watch videos like this because it's like, yeah, this was like popular. People were getting, uh, doing proposals with flash mobs back in the day. Like, not a good look. If I saw a flash mob in this day and age, I would cringe so hard it might actually send me into shock i would get out of there as soon as humanly possible oh immediately immediately it was also kind of weird but then i realized oh it's supposed to be a dream so maybe it's not weird but there were like members of the glee club in that crowd yeah. dancing but again since it's a dream maybe that's acceptable it's like Artie's just imagining that they're there but it was like britney mike kurt mercedes yeah but anyway then the song ends and he's just back in his chair and just in general like i said this it's like very sad and serious it's like it just already had just kind of like a sad storyline it was kind of like yeah grim and glum but <laughs> anyway so we get one well technically you have two scenes with sue sylvester but this is like the main scene we get one scene with sue sylvester where Brian Ryan comes into her office and they have a budget related debate and they're talking about like statistics and all that, whatever. I don't really care about that. The main thing about the scene, which was very strange, uh, after Brian says that he's going to cut half of Sue's Cheerios budget, he says that he's turned on, turned on, and he asks, ever heard of the term anger sex? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. And then she's like, I have a secret room upstairs. And they, so the insinuation is that they boinked. I guess yeah, that off camera? really came out of nowhere. <laughs> it really did. I was like, this is strange. And yet again, isn't he married? So another case of infidelity with these glee glee people. Yeah, he said he said, I have to let you know I'm married. And Sue's basically like, I don't care. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving I'm on. We see Jesse St. James. He gets into a car. Who's in this car? Shelby, the vocal adrenaline coach, <laughs> aka Adele Dazim, and she reveals that she is Rachel's biological mother, and that she <gasps> originally sent Jesse to seduce. Well, she claims befriend Rachel, but he ended up seducing her in order for Rachel to hear the tape. Let's talk about this because this seems very convoluted. 
Like, <laughs> first of all, this has been going on for episodes. I don't remember no. exactly when this started, but I think it was episode 15. So this is the fifth episode in a row now where Jesse's been a thing with Rachel solely to get this tape to her. What? Yeah. What? what, what? Here's the obvious question. Why don't you just mail it without putting in a, a return address on? Why didn't you, you just think... drop it in their mailbox? <laughs> what? what? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't understand Shelby's motivations. I suppose I really she don't. might be like threatening to kick Jesse off of vocal adrenaline if he doesn't go along. Like, I just, I don't know. It is very, very convoluted. I agree. But like, why? It seems like it was. This was all to set up what happens next episode. But also, Shelby, spoiler alert, Shelby basically goes away after season one. She comes back every now and then, but season one really is like her moment. And even then, she's not in it a lot. So I just don't understand why this was a thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Whatever. Apparently, she signed the surrogacy contract that she couldn't legally contact Rachel before she turned 18. So she's trying to get Rachel to search for her because then she can talk to Rachel if she finds her. So it's too much. Anyway, and she's like, oh, I feel as an actress and I regret not being in Rachel's life. Again, this comes out of nowhere, but whatever. I know. <laughs> we have a brief scene with Emma and Artie. This is Emma's only scene where they're having a conversation about, again, his dream to walk, to dance, whatever. <laughs> Emma is super honest with him about the timeline of these supposedly <laughs> experimental treatments. She's like, yo, dude, it could be 10 years before I even have human trials. And <laughs> Artie rolls out of her office very sad. Again, every scene with Artie ends sadly. And it does. There's depressingly. No <laughs> yeah, so there was that. We get... Brian Ryan again showing up to Glee practice and he tells Glee Club very excitedly that some of the Cheerios budget is going to them and he hands out a bunch of stuff that he bought for them like custom denim jackets which yes. probably and must have taken a long time but sure they're just here. Did you see who jumped up out of his chair to run and grab Kurt Hummel. Kurt Hummel <laughs> leapt out that chair to grab that jean jacket out of his hand. Uh, he also had like tearaway clothing and sheet music, whatever. But anyway, he's yeah. all hyped up on Glee Club. And then Sue comes in. This was very wry of her. And yeah. she heard that Will got cast as the lead in Les Mis, that show that they auditioned for, and that Brian was given a role with one line as Town's person who says, Hooray. And because <laughs> of this, because Brian's a bitter little bitch, he Ooh. turns on his heels and says, You know what? I am cutting Glee, Will. Because he's bitter and annoying. So vengeful, I know. Yeah, and Will later has a talk with him backstage of that Late Miss production, basically saying like how important Glee is. And he says a bunch of corny-ass dialogue. And he says, hey, I'll give you the lead of Jean Valjean if you let Glee Club stay. And that's what does it, apparently. And Brian's like, sure. <laughs> Brian's easy to please. Yeah. He's also desperate. Yes, that too. Uh, so we get a scene where Jesse finally basically forces Rachel to listen to the tape and it shall be singing. I dreamed a dream from Les Mis. Uh, parallels. Un unclear if multiple parallels because the dream, cause like almost every performance has to have dream in the title and parallels cause Les Mis, but yeah, unclear if she recorded this like when Rachel was born or if she recorded this like a few weeks ago, <laughs> I know. <laughs> But regardless, this is pretty much the only good part of the episode. Yep. 
I got chills. Not chills. <laughs> I got chills. First of all, you have Idina Menzel and Leah Michelle singing this famous ballad together. Two powerhouse voices in a duet moment. It's great. Yeah, like, and it it's is. simple. It's... Like it's it takes place in the meta narrative, of course, because Rachel is singing along with her on a stage. But it's like simple. They're both just in black dresses with beautiful, stunning hair, and they're singing the song. And that's all we need. It was it was good. It was really good, yes. I didn't quite get chills, but yeah, I mean it doesn't get any better than two. I guess I can say this now, Broadway Queen singing one of the <laughs> most Broadway iconic Queens. Broadway songs. So go off. Yeah. So there's that. And then we get a, another scene with Artie and Tina. And Artie's like, I think you should perform with someone else because he's in sad sack mode. But he's <laughs> he's come to terms with it. He's, he's okay mm-hmm. with never dancing again. Whatever. And I talk some sense into him. <laughs> I don't know if like plunging a heart, a knife through his heart is talking sense. <laughs> That give up, like you thought Brian Ryan did him dirty. She said, You need to wake the fuck up, Artie. This is not happening for you anytime soon. It was so funny. Oh, poor guy. So, anyway, Tina's like, Okay, can you at least sing the lead vocals? And sure enough, you guys, we end on a full glee club number because that's the that's the norm nowadays. So after Will tells the Glee kids about his sacrifice of turning down or, or giving over the role of Jean, Jean Valjean, we begin the number Dream a Little Dream of Me, where Artie's singing. And like the I wrote in my notes actually, Dream a Little Dream of Me is so boring that most of the Glee Club is literally sitting down during it. They're sitting <laughs> in a half circle around Artie. And then when Tina and Mike Chang, that's the person she picked to be her partner, when they get up and start dancing, that's the only movement in the number. Everyone else is sitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It put me to sleep. I was dreaming a little dream when I was watching. So. <laughs> You're funny. That's a good one. Okay. So now that we're over and done with that, let's get to our superlatives. I feel like I need to burp. Uh Excuse me. Uh, best performance. What did you put down? It had to be I Dreamed a Dream by Rachel and Shelby. It was incredible. Exactly. I almost put nothing, but then that number happened oh. in the last like five <laughs> minutes. And I was like, okay, cool. So redemption. Yeah. And then I'm curious what your worst performance is, because there's a couple to choose from. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple, but I think my worst was Dream a Little Dream because I really just I just was ready for the episode to be over. So <laughs> I should have fast forwarded through that. Like you fast forwarded through Dream On, let's be honest. Well, I picked Dream On because it was <laughs> for all the reasons I said it earlier. It's too long. It's uncomfortable. It's just too yeah. much. So worst performance. And then MVP, I put Adele Dazim just for I Dreamed a Dream Alone. Um, I oh, couldn't in good yeah. faith put anybody else. This is a very like... This was like a six character episode and no mm-hmm. one else had anything to do. So basically I had six people to choose from. I wasn't satisfied with picking any of them. So I went with Adele Zim because she had two scenes and they were good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I should have done that. I just wrote question mark, question mark, question mark. Cause oh. there was no one that was coming to mind to get MVP. So interesting. No one. Who's your LVP. I'm also curious about this multiple contenders. 
I put Brian Ryan. Like he just comes in with all this unfound authority to make all these changes at McKinley purely based on spite. And like we were just talking about, he goes, he flip flops super easily. He's like messing with these poor league kids just because like he made a, a decision and, and had all these life experiences that led him away from show choir. But I just did not like him as a character and thought he was very spiteful for no reason. So he's the the LVP for me this week. I agree. I wonder, does he ever come back? I don't actually know this. I'm going to look that up real quick. We're doing another quick Google Brian Ryan Glee. I hope he doesn't come back because like I said, he's a bitter little biatch. Oh, Slay. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Let's see. He was in. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. He's in a flashback in Saturday Night Gleaver. Yes, I'm I'm reading that as you said it. It says, although Brian is not exactly in this episode, a flashback is shown where he shows New Directions jackets. Okay, cool. So he's never coming back. Great. Um, my LVP is Artie because I just think, I mean, his, his, his concerns are very valid, you know, I'm sure not a disabled person. I'm sure tons of actually disabled people have dealt with this before, but Kevin McHale has not. And the way he's playing Artie, it's just, it just, it doesn't work because it's like when he's being whiny and sad and mean to Tina, and then you know that like he's not acting from experience of any kind. It just is icky. It's just icky. So then is your LVP Kevin McHale or is it Artie? It's Artie because he was also being mean to Tina. I'm sick of him being mean to Tina. And I cannot <laughs> wait until Tina bounces to Mike Chang's dick in season oh two. Oh, God. Because that's what she deserves. Not that she was ever bouncing on Artie's dick. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because he's mean to her. So I'm over it. Wow. There we go. Hot and take. your Will Schuster cringe hour. Also many things to choose from. I think ultimately I just chose that outfit for Dream <laughs> It's truly horrible. No one should ever dress like that. Yeah, it was pretty like bad. It, it was low-key giving human Shrek and Shrek 2. <gasps> oh my God. Okay, first of all, don't even because human <laughs> Shrek was like my gay awakening. So human Shrek ah. looks a lot better <laughs> than that. But I also, see what, I also see what you're saying. Yes. Are you kidding me? Human Shrek is. <laughs> I'm rethinking a lot that I know about you right now. Google, anyway. Google, Google human Shrek. I know. Him. I know exactly what human Shrek looks like. I just think you were thirsty and deprived back when you, that movie first came out. When so, I was eight years old. <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> This one part in this episode that gave me the most ick in a while was when Will was like warming up for his audition backstage. <gasps> oh yeah, and he was like doing this like little run with like a little Mariah Carey hand. And I, I just I really I really really hated. It that. was giving like Sharpay Evans from high school. It was. Yeah. It really was. No, so that was I, really bad. That was my my most used to cringe hour this episode. I'm ready for that trivia. Well, I hope you're not because oh. this episode also flopped in terms of trivia. It's like quite Damn. sad. There's not much trivia to report on. Someone said that it's revealed in this episode that Terry's maiden name is Delmonico, but we knew that already. So it wasn't a reveal. Did we? I thought we did. 
I don't know if we did. Maybe you like saw that on a wiki or something and decided that we did. I feel like I've heard them say that name anyway. Trust the trivia. Well, no, because sometimes they're wrong. Let's see. Every unreleased song from this episode was sung again in other episodes. Big Spender, wait. Piano Man, and Daydream Believer. Wait, 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 wait. What's What were the other two? What? Big Spender? When did they sing that? Big Spender was sung by auditioning women. Oh, I guess for the Les Mis audition. And what was the other one? Piano Man. Yeah, but what was and the then Daydream Daydream Believer was sung by Brian Ryan with the Singsations. That must have been a cut scene because that did not happen. Oh, oh, at the beginning in the flashback. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Sing. Okay. Well. So I guess that's cool. Whoa. <laughs> Harry Shum Jr. stated in an interview that prior to this episode, he had never tap danced before and had two days to learn to do so. Interesting. Well, it certainly was a welcome departure from whatever he normally does oh, with God, his yeah. dancing. <laughs> I know. And then <laughs> I just need to read this trivia piece because it is if this trivia piece tells you everything you need to know about this episode, it is a reach to call this trivia. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the impulse control disorder trichophagia was mentioned very briefly, but not by name, during one scene in this episode. When Artie is talking to Miss Pillsbury in her office, she mentions that she usually only deals with students diagnosed with psychological disorders, like a certain junior female that eats her own hair. What? <laughs> How is this trivia? I feel like that <laughs> told like, me nothing. <laughs> the fact that the, that disorder wasn't even mentioned by name, but they're like, oh, yes, this is trivia. <laughs> Just, like who cares when i first read that i know wow what a boring round of trivia for a boring (laughs) ass episode very fitting but let me tell you you guys next week's episode i've been looking forward to all season and honey i know you're gonna love it too because this is like the pseudo they have a proper a more proper gaga episode later on but this is like the first like pseudo gaga episode i believe they sing two gaga songs Mm. but it's like the Gaga episode, but also we get Adele Dazeem singing the shit at a funny girl. I cannot wait for that. We get, of course, the like the low, low down. No, the slur is not next episode. Is it? I thought you said it was. No, 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 no. The slur is, I think that's in season two. I don't think it's until season two when Bert and what's his mom's name? Carol. Carol when they try to move in together so no the slur I can see why you think that though because Kurt gets into the Gaga stuff <laughs> wait no I I wasn't thinking that oh. <laughs> no Kurt like he, he's like oh Gaga and yeah. he comes to play and there's this thread of like oh the bullies are mean to him and Finn has to learn to like stick up for him I guess but no not the slur episode but much to look forward to. And then we have another kind of mediocre episode after that. And then it's the finale. Had to get your mention in, didn't you? Exactly. Yeah. So make sure you you listen next week. It's going to be a much better one than this, but hopefully we were able to still entertain you. (laughs) Oh, we better have. I think we did. (laughs) Also, I know 
this happened after we recorded last, but Spotify wrapped, dropped. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I didn't get any podcast information. So I only listened to two podcasts. They probably didn't have enough data to present to me. But shout out to those of you who had us on your Spotify wrapped this year in your top five. We appreciate you. Yes, uh, you were mad at me unfoundingly this so this podcast was not anywhere in zach's top okay five, you guys i'm personally offended okay this other guys, podcast was you guys need to listen to this so i had fifteen thousand six hundred three minutes of podcast listening definitely topped myself from the year before and my top five podcasts did not include the glee version but it did include exhausted number two but riddle me this does it not make sense that my other podcast, which has been going pretty much all year, except for a couple months break, would be in my top five. And this podcast, which didn't start until the end of July, again, that's almost eight months into the year, is not? Let's take a poll. We're going to take a poll. You Do you guys need think to be that listening. Nick is being dramatic? You need to be listening to this podcast on repeat. And I am still very personally offended that it was not in your top five. That's it. And I can see where your priorities lie. And that's all I need to know. Okay. You know, technically, it was not in your top five either. I wouldn't know that because Spotify didn't tell me. I think you guys should also know that uh, my boyfriend, my co-host, the person I love in this world, he's just decided to stop listening to my other podcast, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. He's like six hours behind at this point. Our episodes are super long, but that's not my problem. I thought you Yeah, that season two finale? Miss me with that. Oh, honey. Season three, excuse me. The season four premiere is an hour longer, so... (laughs) Oh God, yeah, I'm good. So let's just let's just examine the double standard here, you guys. He is not a supporter. He claims I'm not a supporter. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Watch this podcast pop up in next year's top five, and then who will be laughing to the bank? And if it doesn't, we are ending this podcast then and there. Mark my words. December fifth, twenty twenty two, eight fifty two p.m. Eastern Daylight Standard Time. Mark my words. I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> the people need to hold me accountable, okay? All right. And you too. It holds both of us accountable. How about that? New poll. Is Nick wrong or not? <laughs> Send us an email at thegleeversion at gmail.com. Did you actually set up a Gmail? No, but should oh. I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just stop. Goodbye. <laughs> See you next week. Do 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 do